the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, Hour 2, Hour Dos, Dos Mas, baby. Dos Mas. Glad to have you guys here with me. Okay, got to read a little, um, I think it was last segment, we were talking about this movie, My Son Hunter. The trailer got over, just the trailer got three and a half million views, baby. This is going to be big, big. Might, dare it might get close to Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> of course not. Um, but anyway, he got a uh, big, not huge. He got a message here. My son, Hunter director Robert Davi. Uh, Hunter is Lawrence Fox. Okay, I never heard of him. Uh, Robert the, Davi's great. Oh, I know he's awesome. The big guy Joe is played by John James. Not a name I'm familiar with. Uh, Secret Service agent Gina Carano. That's a hot witch. That is a hot witch. Okay, you didn't know what the term hot witch meant. Think Gina Carano. Okay, now, now do you I completely get, understand. Now you understand the term hot witch. It's somebody who's not just beautiful, but somebody fearless, courageous, tough, somebody that can work in an in an in a in an environment with a whole lot of testosterone and hold her own. Okay, that's a hot witch, and that is Gina Carano. Okay. 888-344-1170. Looking up at the monitors. Um still talking about the riots. These crazy MAGA people. Yeah, we're just so crazy. Um, yeah, we, we're just going to be doing all kinds of rioting. As, as I think it was Jack, our caller last hour, was like, look, we ain't nobody protesting anywhere. <laughs> we're not doing anything. We can't even hardly get anybody to show up and vote. We had 21% turnout in the primaries. Who's all the, where, where my, where my DVEs at, right? Where my DVEs, domestic violence extremists. The, the most violent we get is, you know, at a sale, used to be at a sale on, you know, Black Friday. We don't even do that anymore. Now everybody orders Amazon. We, nobody can even muster up a good elbow situation on Black Friday, Friday mornings. I miss those days, you know, going to, you know, push people out of the way to get the good deal on the cashmere sweater because nobody's paying full price for cashmere. It's crazy. Um, one of the things that I, I wanted to just to finish up uh, my comments on that quote from um, that alleged historian and uh, some of his comments, uh, for example, one of the things that he said um, was that he falsely said was that, you know, he was asked to give these highly classified documents back for months and months and months. He dragged his feet. Why did he keep them? What was his motive in taking them? Who did he share them share them with? Um, and did they damage the security in every one of our families? Let me educate you, Mr. Historian Beschloss. You seem to be at a loss for facts here. Um, there's an article that was written. It's actually on Fox News 
by Brett Tolman. He's a former U.S. attorney um, with, uh, I guess, the Justice, the Justice Department. Yeah, because that's where the U.S. attorneys work. Um, and one of the things that he points out, he, he's got an article out, Five Things the Redacted Affidavit Reveals. One of the things that he talks about here is that, um, and this is fourth on his list of five things, he says the FBI acknowledges the return of 15 boxes of materials and ongoing communications with Trump's lawyers attempting to resolve any outstanding disputes regarding which, if any, remaining documents ought to be turned over. This would appear to provide evidence of cooperation with authorities rather than obstruction. Everything they're saying about this raid is more and more and more just the same kind of playbook of false narratives and lies meant to persecute and prosecute this man because he is he truly is a great threat. Let me tell you, make no mistake about it, MAGA is a threat. Not not in a threat from the standpoint of violent extremism, but our ideology is a threat to them. And this is the first time. This is why 2016 was the first election that actually really mattered in this country in decades and decades, because it was the first time that there was an election that actually was going to possibly challenge the deep administrative state we have that is entrenched involving both parties meant to usher in America from a constitutional republic to a centralized system of power. Lorraine's on the line from Chula Vista. And she wants to talk about why people should not see the Hunter movie. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Mom. Hello, Lorraine. What's on your mind? Hi. I feel that we shouldn't support it. We, why, you why know, we'll hear about it. We'll hear about it on the news. They'll probably really drag it out unless you think that it is in uh, Trump's favor. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't read anything about the movie so I don't know, but I was thinking that it was kind of going to cover and make excuses and that kind of thing. Oh. Well, the word is, and, and I would encourage you to go um, watch the trailer. Somebody sent me a link of it okay. on, on YouTube. I will. And it was yeah. done. It was b- done by. Um, I've heard differing reports on who was behind it. Um, it was directed by Robert Davi. Somebody messaged the other night a listener to the show and said that the producers of the movie were the same people that produced the documentary about uh, Gosnell, the doctor, the, okay. the baby butcher doctor. And we actually did a screening here. I actually got to host a movie about um, Gosnell and who um, was finally convicted of butchering babies. This was the same okay. uh, the same people behind it. And so this is an expose in theatrical format um, telling the story of the truth about uh, of the basically of the truth, the yes, truth about wonderful. what's on the Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. So um, okay. and another thing that yes, I ma'am. heard was that the documents that we're talking about were declassified the last day that Trump was in office. So yes. I don't know if was that. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Cash Patel, who was um, a, a high level official in, uh, I believe, Justice Department, yeah, the Department of Justice under multiple presidents, not just Trump, but uh, under the Obama administration as well. Um, he was with Trump in the meeting that in which Trump said, I want all of these declassified. Now, okay. at, at that point, there was a process that's supposed to take place, but um, to make it official, to remove stamps or whatever, there's there's things that happen. But simply, Trump absolutely has the power to decide as soon as Trump says these documents here are declassified, they're declassified, even if 
White House counsel does not follow through and remove a mark from there because there's, you know, there's stampings and markings on these documents. They're still declassified at that point. That's Cash, what I yeah, and too. Cash Patel, who is the one who was there and who has said that Trump declassified those documents, is the only name that you know there was all these redactions on this on this affidavit, right? Because they've got to protect all these witnesses. Well, they didn't protect Cash Patel. His name. Was it was right. clearly in in the affidavit, and he's and the while the FBI has just recently been having to investigate death threats against him, so clearly they, yeah. they yeah. So Cash Patel's got a target on his back, but he was the one right. who witnessed Trump declassifying the documents. Oh well, thanks for taking my call. One other thing was, I thought, um, you know, you've mentioned you know impeachment and stuff, but that is so ridiculous because I think it's best. When a president can be tried in a civil court rather than just impeach him, because then it's almost I don't think you can do double jeopardy. So, you know, we don't know what kind of game Biden's going to play when he retires. You know what? I'm He's glad you said that, game. because I think I think that for me. Um, I think if the Republicans filed impeachment, I, I do think that mechanism is in our Constitution for a reason. And I actually think that it was improperly they used. Use it. It, was, it was improperly okay. used under the Ukrainian whistleblower impeachment. It was in, it improperly used under the January okay. 6th impeachment. So astute. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. But I, I think it's so honored talking to you because I really, you know, I'm learning a lot. We're always learning. But. You know, we'll have to wait a few months to make sure that if an impeachment, the word impeachment comes up, that it can be carried through. Well, right, because it needs to be. The name is not, you know, to get mad or to protest. But my name of my game is just. I'm going to win. <laughs> I want my way. <laughs> I'm kind of the so, same way, and I. But I, I think th- that Trump is that way too, and yes. I think he would have never even got his foot into politics like this. But I think he just had an axe to grind. He knew all this stuff was going on way more than any average American knew. And because of the business that he was in. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and we've all dealt or heard stories about revenues in recovery come in and just kill businesses and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We have a story for every subject, you know, that comes up. But thank you for your show. And I'll let you talkity talk to somebody else. Thank you, Lorraine. Thanks for calling. Appreciate you. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, I agree. Initially, it's like I get where she's coming from on the impeachment because it's been so politicized and we're so worn out on all these congressional hearing skins and all this political stuff that never ends up holding anybody accountable. And if he is so for me, um, the purpose of the impeachment, he has two years left in office. And I think that he is completely in this situation. He actually is compromised from a national security standpoint. And I do think and it, I, I think he needs to be removed from the White House as a result of it. I think that that has influenced his his actions with Ukraine. It's influenced his actions with, um, you know, China. Um, I think that's separate, however, from the fact that I do believe um, that he has committed crimes for which he actually should be. Uh, I see you wincing back there. There should be accountability. Oh, I had a back spasm. Oh, okay, good. It didn't um, have to do with Biden. Although, I, you know, but actually, I think Biden should be removed via the 25th Amendment because mentally yeah. he is not fit for one second in that chair. Yeah, there was a poll that came out today. 58% of respondents said that they wanted to see a cognitive test uh, taken and results put out there. 
there's just no there's no hiding it i mean uh, it it was obvious they were using covid as an excuse in 2020 um part of the reasons why i think the government's the fauci and the cdc was continuing well past the point it was obvious they needed to pull back this distancing and masking crap was to give him cover and give him an excuse i think the only reason Andrew, they haven't pulled him out really honestly is because they don't want Kamala running the show well, they and they think that they've got yes, absolutely, and they think that they've got all these quote what they think are wins under their belt. Um, recently, with student loans, and it's not a win. Oh, it's not. We're going to take a break. We come back. What top level Democrat from the Obama era came out today and threw a big bat bag, big old. Remember the ice bucket, the ice bucket challenge thing that went around. I do. It's like whole water, baby. He, it's like he threw a whole bucket of ice water all over these people, left them speechless on CNN or NBC. NBC. We're going to share that with you guys when we come back. Don't go away. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Hey guys, I have an interesting question for you that I don't get. You've got millions of illegal aliens coming over here, and they don't have to get the kill shot vaccine, Mm -hmm. but the number one tennis player in the world, Djokovic, can't come over here without getting the kill shot vaccine. What's up with that? Guy's the healthiest guy you could find. Probably one of the healthiest guys in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, caller. That's our 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. That's 844-814-5227. Got to make an example out of these healthy people. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they just they do not want any attention. Part of it is that here you've got this top star um, who you, do they want him prancing around and showing people that you know you're perfectly healthy? You know, two two and a half years after the supposed pandemic, and you didn't need the shot. Do they want that example out there in front of the world? Particularly since I don't know if you heard this, Skins, but one of the first round guys had to had to uh, leave the competition in the first round because I guess he was having all kinds of heart palpitations and issues. Didn't hear that, but you also, something, you know, you and I talked about on and off since this whole thing kicked off, talking about the vaccines, and you need to wait for the for the saving vaccines, but they never once on the mainstream media would talk about natural health and natural supplements and keeping your body in tip-top condition to fight it, to fight it off naturally. Not once. No, of course not. The healthiest people in this world, professional athletes... Have some have a huge percentage of people that are dropping dead from soccer players and beyond dropping dead. And yet they want to keep somebody who stayed perfectly healthy, who hasn't gotten a shot from competing after the same time that the CDC has come out and said, you treat the people who've gotten the shots. I don't use the V word. The people who've gotten the shots as the same as the people who haven't. We got the military, the top that the the that. The, well, depending on how when they enlisted and what their position is, I mean, you know, depending on whether or not they're a new recruit or what. But some of the healthiest people in this world who still have to do PT all the time and show that they're in top physical shape, particularly the new recruits. And um, a judge ruled last week put a stop on them purging another forty thousand of our military. But it, it, it's they they want the there is never going to be an end to the pandemic. 
ever going to be an end to the pandemic. They are going to continue to push out in one shape or another. In fact, shame on the uh, Association of Pediatrics who came out today continuing to justify and support ongoing masking of children in schools. Even though there was a doctor from CNN who was all in on the masks, all in on schools being locked down, all in on shots for, for kids. She has finally come out and admitted that her child suffered educational. He, he suffered growth in communication abilities and his education because of masking. She's finally admitted it. And yet they, yet they don't they don't want they want to continue to be able to control you under the guise of public health. And it's not going to go away. They don't intend for it to go away. Um, Joe Rogan was asked uh, about uh, about this. I don't know who he was talking to today. He, who was talking to somebody named Rogers today? I don't know who it was. Might have been Aaron Rogers. I'm not a particular fan of his. Um, but he was asked today. It came up in the conversation about quote serious errors made during the pandemic and what he recommended people do as a result. Skins, please play clip four. You know, I hope. There's lessons learned in this because this is a new thing. We had never had this before. No, you know, no one who was alive today had ever experienced a true pandemic. And I'm hoping that now that this is over, people are going to, you know, recognize that some serious errors were made and not repeat those. That's the best you can get out of it. But as far as compensation for all those people that were forced to close their businesses and keep their doors shuttered and lost everything that they'd worked for decades to build. No, they're they're just going to be angry. So, what do you tell those people? Vote Republican. <laughs> yeah, vote Republican. Vote Republican, because even though Trump and I've been hard on Trump for the fact that he went along with the lockdowns for fourteen days and he paved the way, he gave the the keys to the to the liquor cabinet to the communist and gave them and gave them cover to do what they did. Um, they didn't have to continue to do it. Mussolini did not have to continue to destroy lives and generations of lives by shutting down 60%, I think it was at the time, of Chula Vista area restaurants closed permanently while he's sitting up at French Laundry, hoovering up $25,000 worth of, worth of wine. Plump Jack's doing fine. Yeah, Plump Jack's doing fine. Yeah, destroying, destroying these. Vote Republican. He laughed, but it's true. But not every Republican governor has done as well as DeSantis. One of the things DeSantis did was he actually stopped. He went along with the lockdowns and then he stopped and he's like, no, I'm not doing this. And he admitted his mistake and he came out and said, no, I'm not. I'm and not. that's the key. That's the key. Trump need, Trump has yet to admit his mistakes because, you know, right now he, Trump's got a lot on his plate dealing with these, the you know, being uh, in the sights in the crosshairs. But when he does announce his run and when he goes forward with his run in 2024, he needs to he needs to be speaking out as that uh, the deep state includes, uh, quote, health officials that have exploited viruses in a pandemic to the tune of killing people for the purpose of power. In fact, this is as bad, if not worse than the FBI and the DOJ. The DOJ, the FBI and the DOJ isn't killing people, at least not directly, um, by putting people in jail with Nobel. Uh, Fauci and the CDC has literally killed people. Literally killed people. Oh, Andrea, yeah, he literally killed people. He took taxpayers' money and funded gain-of-research. And what does gain-of-function research does? It takes a virus and it manipulates it and manipulates it and manipulates it until it's deadly. I don't know how it got leaked out of the lab. I know it never had anything to do with a wet market. We know that from the people involved over there. We know he we know he had emails where he was in cahoots and he was in conversation with scientists over there. How do we keep this under wraps kind of stuff? 
We know that he lied about continuing to fund gain-of-function research. We know the DOD was in on funding gain-of-research. Why would the Department of Defense from the United States of America be involved in taking from their budget and putting in a gain-of-function research? This was a bioweapon. I don't think it was released as a bioweapon. I think it leaked. I don't think it was released. Um, but that we, and this is why I disagreed with Trump too on this thing about, oh, China owes us all this. No, man, we did this. We did this. If our taxpayer dollars weren't used, it would be different. But I'm not, I'm not hanging this on China. I'm hanging this on the U.S. government in cahoots with China. I'm hanging this on Fauci. And then he lied about it. Fauci lied and people died. He cooked the books in terms of cases, made people think cases equal caskets, testing of healthy people, destroying lives. However many, however millions died, more have actually died as a result of not getting cancer treatment, suicides, drug, drug addictions, and beyond. He's the number one serial killer in the country. Um, but getting back to what Joe Rogan was talking about, voting Republican, and, and even before that, we were talking about, um, you know, impeachment and pushing Joe out. And you're like, one of the reasons why they, they want to do the 25th. The reason why you're saying they haven't done that yet is because they don't want Kamala. And I was like, well, they, they, th- but they've also think they don't have to worry about Kamala right now. They don't have to worry about his replacement because they think they've got all these strings of successes in particular, the student loan thing. They're trying to push out now this phony narrative that the midterms are all the Democrats. Cause yay, they got these student loans. And then here comes Paul Begala. From, and I think Begala goes all the way back to the to the Clinton days, right? Begala goes all the way back to the Clinton days, and um, here he, here was he was he on State of the Union? I think that that's CNN. So here he is. This is just so much fun. <laughs> this is this is Paul Begala doing throwing a bucket of ice water on some people that didn't ask to be a part of the ice bucket challenge, but got the bucket anyway. President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, it's already become a hot issue on the trail. And we saw earlier in the program that there's a divide even within the Democratic Party. It turns out we have a divide at this table. Paul Begala, I'll start with you. Well, it's bad policy as well as bad politics, right? For that amount of money, you could fund free pre-K for every three and four-year-old for 10 years. You do a lot more good for poor people, communities of color, and and the underprivileged by by doing pre-K. You could forgive all medical debt which, unlike student debt, is not freely entered into. So the de- Democrats, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a progressive. I want to help folks. But I think this is terrible policy. The politics, of it, we saw. Tim Ryan is in a tough race in a tough state, and he can't stand this idea. Uh, Senator Warren is all for it. She's not exactly from a swing state in, in Massachusetts. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto from Nevada got a tough race. She doesn't like this. Uh, Michael Bennett, the senator from Colorado, he doesn't like this. Democrats, good Democrats. Sharice Davids, one of the more impressive Democrats, the only Democrat in Congress from Kansas. She doesn't like it. So what is my party doing with this? They're, they're, they're disadvantaging. I, I think they're not helping the, the people that we're here to help, which is poor people uh, and, and, and underprivileged communities. Uh, and they're not helping their politicians who are running. <sighs> it's very rare when a Democrat, particularly an old school Democrat like Begala, does my job for me. I could have just sat here doing uh, updating my Manny Petty. That's, but it's absolutely dead on. It's not just bad policy. This is this was supposed to be, uh, you know, these big spending programs are supposed to be about helping poor people. Ain't nobody. This ain't helping anybody poor. 
This isn't helping anybody that they pretend that they care about. This is this is about trying to reward the little socialist in order to buy votes going into the midterms. And it's not even necessarily going to buy votes because there's as many Democrats out there, voters, who hate this as much as Republicans because they're getting screwed. There's some hardworking Democrats out there, including people of color, people that I know that are like, whoa, wait a second. I worked three jobs to put myself through school and I just finally got my loans paid off and I'm a brown person from TJ. And where's my money, honey? Where at? This is really bad politics. And as Republicans, they should be saying that the Republican Party, should they not have this already on loop running in every TV across the country? As Brian Maloney comes on the show and says they need to just pick an issue, pick any issue and just drill it into the ground. But they don't do it. This is this, this could be its own commercial, its own its own commercial. We, we could also play. We started to play, but we spared you. all This is how much skins and I love you. We were going to play this Focahontas Elizabeth Warren clip where her trying to justify why this is helping poor people and and how and, and then talking about herself and how she paid fifty dollars a semester. We're sparing you all that. Um, but there's so much that the Republican Party could be using in all these different races that he just laid out, including the Dr. Oz Pennsylvania race, because that dude that Dr. Oz is up against, he doesn't just look freaky. That dude is insane. And that didn't have anything to do with the stroke that he had. This dude wants heroin shots for everybody. He's out there talking today. Nobody, no, we can't have voter ID, uh, at, you know, ID for voting because, you know, minority people are too poor to go and get IDs. I mean, it was just, it's crazy. It's crazy. There's, there, there's no reason why we're not already just all over it, killing it. Some of it is the Republican Party establishment, you know, counting on, on the wins and not want to spend any money because they want to, you know, take more take more vacations like Ron and McDaniel's done. Some of it is they don't want to spend money in the races that have MAGA candidates is a huge part of it. Some of it is because um, they'd rather be in the minority. That's what I actually think it is. It's the only explanation I can think of. Okay, tomorrow is the anniversary of the deaths of 13 soldiers, Marines, a variety of service people, majority Marines at Kabul, Afghanistan. And we have not heard Joe Biden talk about them at all. We're going to say their names when we come back, all 13. And so we hope that you come back with us and we're going to pay homage and pay our respects and thank these amazing heroes on the other side of this break. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You know, it's it's sad that when I see somebody post that their forty four year old nephew died suddenly of a heart attack, I immediately think, "What, DJ Potato Skins? You know what we think, don't we?" Yeah. Yeah. Fauci needs to be prosecuted for his crimes in this country. We all know that... And that's not a rarity. No, it's not. It's not. All right. um, 13, on tomorrow's the anniversary of which 13 uh, brave Americans 
who trusted their chain of command. And I know as, as somebody, a uh, daughter of two Marines, I was raised under the concept of, you know, you don't question. You know, it's like like uh, Colonel Jessup said, and a few good men, people follow orders or they die. And that's the mindset is that people follow orders. They do what they're told to do. And they're trusting that their chain of command all the way up to the commander in chief is giving orders, knowing that always knowing that there's risk, but that that but believing that the that every step has been taken before they're given orders every step has been taken to come up with a battle plan and a strategy that minimizes the chance of them losing their lives there's that level of trust it's like colonel jessup ever put your life in another man's hands ever had them you know put theirs in yours you know it's 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 this trust that takes place and that trust was violated in the most horrific way in afghanistan and kabul and nobody was held accountable. Not one person lost their job except the, uh, the uh, I don't remember his name, who spoke out against it and was dishonorably discharged. When asked about it, uh, Corrine Jean B- Jean-Pierre, curly hair, uh, she was asked today if Biden plans to honor those killed in Kabul bombing. And here's what she had to say today. Skins, please play clip eight. On a different topic, uh, tomorrow marks the one-year anniversary of when uh, the president marked the, uh, the end of U.S. Uh, the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, um, the end of the war there. Um, how does the president plan to mark that occasion? Does he plan to speak to the American people? Does he uh, plan to honor the lives of the, the 13 service members who are involved? So, as, as you know, uh, last week on Friday, we did put out, um, uh, the president put out a statement, uh, released a statement where he named each of the 13 troops who were tragically killed uh, that day. The president feels uh, deeply about the loss that was suffered one year ago. Wow, he feels so deeply. It reminds me of my scene from Beaches I Love. Cece feels things deeply. Cece is a deeply feeling person. Those of you who know that movie Beaches know what ridiculous comment that is, that I'm completely mocking Biden for that, for her saying that Biden cares so deeply. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he cares so deeply. We we, um, played a clip last week of one of the mothers who described her meeting with him in which he started talking about his son who died from cancer. And as tragic as that may be, as she went on to say, you know, her son did not die from cancer. She didn't have an opportunity to say goodbye to her son. And as tragic as that would have been, it's not as bad as losing your son in the worst possible way, which was preventable and having to, you know, and, and have the man who was responsible for your kid's death talking about him and his kid we're going to say the names of the 13 and i've got some comments from the parents uh the 13 u.s service members who were killed are marine lance corporal david espinoza 20 marine sergeant nicole gee 23 marine staff sergeant darren taylor hoover 31 marine corporal hunter lopez 22 Marine Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, 20. Oh, that's so young. <sighs> Marine Lance Corporal Dylan Mercola, 20. Marine Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui, 20. Marine Corporal Dagan Page, 23. Marine Sergeant Johanny Rosario Picardo, 25. Marine Corporal Umberto Burt Sanchez, 22. Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, 
20. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Christian Knauss, 23. And Navy Hospital Man Maxton Soviak, 22. Marine Corps Lance um, Corporal Jared Schmitz's father said the government itself can't even say their names. Jared's father said he told Washington Examiner he went on to say, quote, I don't believe I haven't seen a record of Joe Biden himself even mentioning one of the 13 names publicly. That in and of itself is disgusting, he said. The word Afghanistan has allegedly been banned from the White House. They don't even want to talk about that word. That country, none of it. His family has founded a nonprofit group called Freedom 13, which has plans to operate retreat centers for veterans who need a break from their daily lives, he said. The first one is going to be in Robertsville, Missouri, and veterans will be able to go there for a week at at a time, free of charge, and will have the ability to kayak or, or fish on the property, which is just amazing. He went on to say, the father went on to say that, uh, the name of the foundation honors their son and the other 12 service members who were killed, though he says it's not just our 13 that we lost. It's for all of them, which is just so wonderful. Uh, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover's uh, family said his father said we didn't hear one single word from the administration, not a single word and still haven't. Hoover's father, uh, also named Darren, said, not that we would take it because of the way that this happened. Six months into it, the administration sent out letters to the family. Six months in, Skins. Six months into it, they sent out letters to the family, and it was a canned letter. Everybody's was exactly the same. They photocopied it, or it appears as though they photocopied it, and they just stamped Mr. Biden's name on it, and that was it. Nothing personal. Wow. What a piece of you-know-what. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Christian Canals' mother, Paula, um, said that she was still frustrated with Biden, holding him responsible for the untenable situation her son and the other troops had been put in, saying the decision-making was influenced by politics. She said that Ryan told her it was going to be an S show before he even went. She says, I'm just sorry that my son is not here because of very bad leadership. I'm very angry. I should have Ryan still. These parents should have their kids still. She said her problem is that it should have never happened. And if we would have simply used precautions as we normally do in military strategy, we would have had a line pushed back to protect our men and women better than we did. We were sitting ducks at the airport. She went on to say it's because we uh, the U.S. relied on the Taliban to provide security. And she says it was a fatal mistake. She says, isn't that a gut punch for every American soldier to know that we are relying on those we considered our enemy up until the last week of the war? I mean, this woman is smarter than anybody in the brass. She said it's an outrage. Let's see, we've got a couple more comments here. This is just the saddest one, Skins. Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui. His mother, which is Shanna Capel, Chappelle, who we played the, the uh, audio from last week, she didn't just lose her son, Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui, but her other son, Dakota, 28, committed suicide at the memorial for him. Because as she went on to say, the month of August has been very hard so far with one year coming up. I look at my kids as strong and like they can handle anything. And that was my mistake. My son, Dakota, has been taking a lot lately about he talking a lot lately about he just wants to be with Kareem and how much he misses him. And he went to to Kareem's gravesite and took his own life. 
So in that family, Joe Biden has two, the blood of two on his hands. We honor those. We honor all of our military who sacrifice their lives, who risk their lives every day. Those who've given their lives in, in service to our country. We just can't, we can't pay them uh, enough. And my heart goes out to these families. They're in my, our thoughts and prayers. We're going to take a break. Final segment of the Andrea K show coming up. News, um, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K show stop. on the answer San Diego <laughs> tomorrow. Okay, don't stop because it'll soon be here. Okay, <laughs> it'll soon be here. Yeah. It'll be here better than before. Okay, yesterday is gone. Yesterday is gone. Okay, it's gone. <laughs> and listen, full stop. It is gone. <laughs> Thank you for playing that clip. I needed a. I needed something. I wanted in the show on a little bit more. Never tired of hearing that. No. And I was just so sad thinking about these American heroes that gave their life for us in Kabul and Afghanistan. So. um, So thanks for those giggles. It's always a good giggle with Kamala. Um, And today there was breaking news. You know, she was put in in charge, I guess, of the Artemis mission. Um, And of course, in true Kamala um, crash and burn style, the Artemis mission was scrapped. But it didn't stop Miss Kamala for bragging about how phenomenal this mission is. Uh, Let's start with her talking about the Artemis program. It's the beginning of... I don't know. Let's play the word salad called clip three. I'm so proud of what is happening in terms of our space program and the leadership that the United States is providing to the world. Uh, the Artemis program is, is the beginning of the next era of what we have a history and a tradition of doing, of providing vision and inspiring innovation in a way that is going to benefit all mankind and womankind. <laughs> Um, first of all, if I was talking about a mission that had been scrapped because it, you, the thing couldn't go up and fly. The benefits are great. Yeah, um, I, would, I wouldn't be, you know, talking about how this is the beginning of the next year of anything great. And by the way, who decided to call it the name of a cheap 80s cologne for men? Artemis. My dad used to wear Say Artemis. Who, does anybody still wear Artemis? Who remembers Artemis cologne? Do you wear be honest, fess up. Do you wear Artemis? Am I insulting? No, no. <laughs> Do you remember Artemis? I don't think I've heard of that one, no. <laughs> oh, it it stuffed many of my dad's stockings over the years, that along with his jiffy slippers. Um, he was a hard man to buy for, so every year he'd be like, who's getting the Artemis? Who? Get, I'm getting the jiffies. It's like we all had to claim the easy gifts to give him. Um, so that, that's what I think about the Artemis program, but here, but let's get serious now, Skins, let's get serious. Space is, is, is a serious topic. This is very serious. And this has, this pretends much for womankind. Um, and let's discuss why it does, according to Kamala, clip seven. Why is it important to have that kind of diverse and inclusive approach in a new era of deep space exploration? So, yeah. So today I spent a lot of time with our astronauts. And with members of Space Force, Space Guardians, and students who are studying STEM. And they are every background you can imagine. Um, Young people who are smart, women, people of color. 
And what they bring to the process is experiences that, that are the range of human experiences. They give perspective that, that cover the range of perspectives that we want to incorporate, not only in the mission itself, but how we are thinking about space exploration, because so much of space exploration is about science, it's about research, it's about testing our, our ideas of what is possible and then seeing if it can come true. The diversity of thought that goes into that, the more diverse, the better the outcome will be. So it's very exciting. And I have to tell you that Space Force, NASA, really have made a, a real solid commitment to diversity among who is getting into the program, who are going, who's traveling to space. And I think we can all be very proud of that. If you have a d- diverse Space Force, Andrea, does that make the science, the, the, the answers and the exploration is extra perfect? Well, <laughs> first of all, she starts by talking about STEMs. Um, it's STEM. Science, technology, singular. yeah, singular. So I, I'm assuming that these that the astronauts are actually people that should be there academically because they've actually achieved they something academic. That they have they have academic achievements according to STEM programs to be there, and they're not just there as a bunch of Karine Jean Pierre's. Okay, because if if Karine Jean Jean Pierre is she's talking about how the the NASA has made a commitment to diversity. Oh my gosh. The last thing you want to do is go up in a shuttle that was built by or being run by a bunch of Karine Jean-Pierre's who got the gig because they check a box on the identity politics game. Okay? Would you want to go? I mean, watch the O-Ring, watch the Netflix documentary about the Challenger. There's a reason why we scrapped all these shuttles launches, okay? We don't, we're not particularly well run as the U.S. government when it comes to the space program. There's a reason why Blue Horizon and SpaceX or whatever they is are more cost effective and actually have fewer dead bodies associated well, with it. That's why I brought up the perfection comment. I mean, right. there is zero room for error in a field like this. You have to be the best of the best. Right. And it's, and, and being the best of the best when it comes to science, um, when you look at, for example, the periodic tables, there isn't nothing about that that has anything to do with anybody's skin color. There's no way to interpret that. There's chemistry doesn't have anything to do with skin color, right? Your ability to there's no perspective that you can bring to chemistry. Okay, I'm not interested in your perspective. If I was hiring people that have to do with physics, has nothing to do with your perspective. You have no perspective that changes physics, and I'm not interested in any perspective you want to bring to me with physics. Okay. Either you understand science or you don't. And 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 we and, and and now that they're admitting that they're basically hiring and promoting and giving positions on the base of diversity, we used to have a saying in sales when we were always the most expensive. And what we would say to our prospective clients is, would you want to go up in the space shuttle built by the lowest bidder? No. Would you want to go up in the space shuttle with a bunch of diversity hires? No. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. This con- concludes tonight's Andrea K. Show. We will see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Love you all. Three stars.
retired general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.